Hello. We are excited that you have decided to join us today via our podcast. There are other ways you can join. You can watch us live on Facebook, YouTube, and Roku under the Miracle Temple Deliverance Ministries or on our website at www.mtdm.org. You can also join us in the sanctuary at 401 North Wright Street, Bergaw, North Carolina, 28425, every Sunday morning at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time and Tuesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. If you would like to give a donation, you can go to our website and click the donation button at www.mtdm.org. It's on today. Move by your spirit, God. I thank you that the people's hearts are turned towards you on this morning. Because God, it's not about us. God, it's all about you. Have your way in the midst of your people. Father, I come against pride right now in the name of Jesus. And I lose humility in this place. God, you shall be exalted in here. You shall be praised. You shall be lifted up. For it's not about us. God, I thank you, God, that as I open my mouth, God, you have already filled it. I thank you, Father God, for illuminating the word, for shining light on the word this morning. That it penetrates our very being and it comes out of my mouth like a two-edged sword, like a fire that devours everything around us, like a hammer that breaks the rocks into pieces on this morning, God. We thank you, God, that all hearts are turned towards you in this place. God, I come against selfishness on this morning in the name of Jesus. Again, it's not about us. It's all about you, God. God, I thank you. I praise you. I glorify you. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Hallelujah. If you would, once again, open your Bibles again to Genesis 2, verse 1 through verse 3. Genesis 2, verse 1 through verse 3. And let's hear what the Spirit of the Lord has to say unto his people. Genesis 2, verse 1 through verse 3. And if you don't know where that's at, it's in the beginning. Hallelujah. The word of God now reads, Thus the heavens and the earth and all the host of them were finished. And on the seventh day, God ended his work, which he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work, which he had done. Then God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it, because in it he rested from all his work, which God had created and made. You may be seated. I'm talking again on resting in God, resting in God. When we rest in him, we cease from labor. That means we cease from doing it ourselves because we know what God has already done. When you know what God has already done, you're not trying to do it yourself. When we're trying to do it ourselves, we're saying that, We're better than God, that we know more than God knows, that we can do more than what God has already done. That's a form of pride. That's a form form of self-righteousness, meaning that you're dependent on yourself. You're not depending on God. When we go back and look at this verse, it says that when he completed, when he finished, when he completed everything, he rested. But I want to remind you what God did for us. God did not put us in the midst 
of nothing. What God did when everything was the way he wanted it to be, that's when he placed us. And we have to understand that God made everything ready before he put us in the midst of it. He gave us everything that we needed. He didn't put us in a garden without any food. He didn't put us in a garden without having what we needed in that garden. So we have to understand the way God did it in the beginning is the way that it's done today. But we have to know what God has done. Last night before I went to bed, my heart was very grieved because I began to think about the world. And I began to think about the way that the world does things. And tears began to come to my eyes because I said, is some people going home tonight, laying down and thinking they're okay. Going through, you know, days of the way the world is doing, not knowing God, thinking that they know God. So they go home and they rest. They're thinking that they're at rest because, you know, things seem like it's calm in their life. But when you don't know him, when you have not accepted him, you don't know what you get ready to wake up to. You don't even know if you're going to wake up the next morning. And that thing began to grieve me so much because you see so many people in their own little world. Long as the money is right, long as the children are right, long as this, that, or the other is right, and it looks right, you all right. But that's not how it worked. You got to make sure that your heart is right with God. I mean, truly right with God, where you can lay down and rest and say, God, if you took me tonight... I know where I would be, but some people are laying down and think that they are truly resting, but they're not resting in God. They're resting in themselves. They're resting in their accomplishments. They're resting in what they have done. But if it had not been for God, the risen savior, none of us would be here or would have a chance to accept what he has done. So when we look at resting in God, that means I know what God has done for me. So no matter what the situation is, I can rest. I can cease from doing what I need to do to make a marriage work or make my kids do this, that, or whatever, or on my job or whatever it may be. I can rest in it no matter what comes. I can take rest because I know God. So when you know God, when you have become acquainted with God, some of us have gotten born again and we just went our way and we say, okay, I'm missing hell. But it's more than just missing hell. God wants you to have everything that he provided for you on that cross. God did not die. Jesus did not die for nothing. We're living in this world like, okay, I'm saved. But when you're really, truly, truly saved, you ain't going to want to do what you used to do. You ain't going to want to live the way you used to live. You ain't worrying about this one, that one, or the other one. You are in a place with God that nobody can take you out of that place because he's the lover of your soul. So when you know him and you become acquainted with him, God begins to introduce himself. Have anybody ever had God to introduce himself to you and let you know who he is based on the situation that you're going through see the God that I know he's Elohim he is the creator of all things 
Without him, nothing that was made would be made. He is Elohim. He created us. We didn't create ourselves. And if we will remember that name of him being Elohim, no matter what breaks down, we know who created it. We know it was God that created it, and we know that God know all about it. So we can call on Elohim because we have gotten to know him as Elohim by the creator. And then God began to show me in the Bible, and I'm going through it again because I'm adding some to it. I'm telling you, God will give you more and more and more. The more you seek him, the more God take you from glory to glory to glory to glory. You don't stay in the same space. You don't stay in the same spot, y'all. The more you get to know him, things begin to change. Your talk begin to change. Your walk begin to change. God put a new song on your heart. Things begin to change because you getting more acquainted with him. He don't leave you in the same spot. God takes you from glory to glory to glory. So when he began to take me back with, with Moses and how Moses in the beginning, God was telling him, you're going to bring my people out of bondage. Now notice what happened to Moses. Moses should have gotten killed as a little baby, but God had a plan and a purpose for his life. Now look how his mother had to give him up because it was killing all the male children. That mother had to rest in God. To give her baby up and to put her baby on that river, not knowing for sure who would rescue her baby. But she trusted God. That's resting. She trusted God with her son's life. And the one that ended up with the baby. But look how God done this. He had his sister watching. And the sister, as she watched, Pharaoh's daughter saw Moses and she named him Moses. And, and then the sister said, do you want me to get a Hebrew woman to nurse him for you? So Moses ended up going right back into his house. Look at God. See, when you do what God tell you to do, you can rest in him because God can be trusted. Whatever God tell you to do, you may not understand it. It may seem foolish to you. But if you have a relationship with God and you in fellowship with God, no matter how foolish it may seem, you will say, yes, God, your servant here. Yes, God, your servant is on it. Yes, God, whatever you want me to do, I'll do it, God. So that's what she done. And she raised Moses up when he, you know, enough nursed him enough to give him back to Pharaoh's daughter. So how can God have Moses in the midst of worldly people, in the midst of Egypt? Because God had a plan. Sometimes you don't understand what's going on in your life. Sometimes you may be in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation in which we are. And we keep wondering, well, God, why am I placed here? God, why am I still on this job? God, why am I still in this marriage? God, why am I still going through with my children? God, why am I still going through with my body? Don't you know God has a plan for everything that you're going through? You may not understand it. You may not be able to figure it out. So the only thing you can do is say, yes, Lord, you're servant hears you yes Lord let your will be done in my life yes Lord so Moses got raised by Pharaoh's daughter 
And when he got raised by Pharaoh's daughter, he saw what was going on with his people dealing with the Egyptians. So Moses was taken up for his people. He ended up killing the Egyptian. He ended up burying him. And then his brothers ended up coming against one another. And he said, why are you coming against each other? Don't you know you brethren? And they begin to tell him, oh, yeah, we saw you kill that Egyptian. So Moses had to run for his life. I'm paraphrasing this. So Moses had to run for his life. And we know what happened to Moses. God was raising him up to be a deliverer. He was raising him up to be home. He would have him to be. When Moses met God by that burning bush and God began to talk to Moses and God began to uplift Moses because Moses thought, I'm not worthy. But God began to uplift Moses. And I'm getting to the part of when Moses delivered the people through God. It had to take God for Moses to do it. Moses couldn't do it by himself. He had to rest in what God was telling him. But it got to the point with Moses. In Exodus 33, Moses told God, this is what he did. He took his tent, y'all. Moses took his tent and he took it outside of the camp. Y'all better hear what I'm saying today. He took his tent outside of the camp to go seek the Lord. He took his tent away from the camp. I'm going to ask you a question. Are you taking time away from people to get in your secret place with God? Do you have a place in your home that you're taking time apart from everybody, from everything, and saying, God, I just want to seek you. I just want to hear what you have to say to me. Do you have a secret place? So Moses took his tent outside the camp and the people knew when Moses took his tent outside the camp, that was where Moses was going to seek the Lord. And when Moses went in that tent to seek the Lord, they would see God's glory, the presence of the Lord be in that tent with Moses. And those people would just bow down and worship because they knew that the presence of the Lord was with Moses. And wherever the presence of the Lord is, y'all know there's liberty. This is just like when we come in this house. When the presence of the Lord is present in the house, everybody ain't looking everywhere. Everybody is on one accord and just worshiping God. See, when your heart is right before God, you ain't waiting on no particular sound because you should worship before you come up in here. You should have your own song in your heart. So whether or not Judah sing the way you want him to sing or do what you want him to do before you come in this place, you know that God is with you. We waiting on Judah. We waiting on everybody else. You got to have a place with God for yourself because you can't take nobody out of this building to your house to get you in a place. So Moses had his place with God and Moses began to talk to God. Moses began to say, I believe Moses was saying, God, I want more of you and less of Moses. God, there's no way I can lead these people the way I need to lead these people unless you go with me, God. And if you don't go with me, God, I'm not going. Some of us are going without God. We're doing things without God because we think that man is saying, do this and it's going to be all right. But if God ain't told you. See, we're depending on man too much. We're agreeing with man 
that is not God's knowledge. That's the world's knowledge. And that kind of knowledge is popped up. It's based on pride. But when you spend time with God and you get into his presence the way Moses was in his presence and you hear what he has to say, it don't matter what the people say. It don't matter what man say. You're going to go on what God has already said. So when those people saw the presence of the Lord being in there with Moses, they begin to worship. So as Moses began to talk to him, he said, Lord, if you don't go with me, he said, we're not going to go. That should tell you right there that Moses is saying, I can do nothing, not unless you're with me. So Moses understood. And then Moses began to say, God, I want to know you. I want to know your ways. See, some of us, we want more of his acts. We want more of his power, and we do need the power of God. But in order for his power to manifest, you need to know him. You need to know his ways. And Moses said, I want to know your way, God. The Bible said that Moses knew his ways, but the children of Israel knew his acts. See, they were going on God's power. They were going on what they were seeing God do, but they didn't know him. How many of us wait for a prophet to come in town and tell you something about yourself and you getting all the acts, but you yet don't know God through that prophet? A lot of us. Some of us is with soothsayers, psychics. Calling psychics and asking them, when am I going to hit the lottery? When am I going to have a man? When am I going to have children? When am I going to do this, that, or the other? Because we trust in what they say more than we trust in what God has already said through his word. But Moses said, God, I want to know you. I want to know your ways. And I got to stay there because some of us don't know God's character. We don't know God's way. We don't know his way of being, his way of doing. The only thing we want is to be like Jimmy. Gimme, gimme, my name is Jimmy. But God said, if I gave you everything you wanted, it still wouldn't last because you don't know me. So Moses, he said, God, I want to know you. I want to get to know your character. And God told him, he said, all of my goodness, Moses is going to pass before you. He said, I'm gracious. God is a gracious God. He's a loving God. He's a kind. Do we know him? Do we know him as a loving God? So Moses got to know him. But the people that were following Moses, they were okay as long as God showed them something. When they were hungry and they complained because they were hungry, we got to start right there. Some of us ain't hungry. We just want more. We got food in our house, but yet it's not what we want. We want more. I don't have a taste for this and I don't have a taste for that. And we got people that only have what we have. We still don't know God. Because when we know God, we won't even be selfish with what we eat. We will say, God, I thank you. Sometime I will go in the restaurants and it may not taste like it need to taste. But I began to remind myself, thank you, Lord, I didn't have to cook it. God, I give you glory. It may not have tasted like I wanted it to taste, but God, I thank you. I didn't have to cook it. So we got to remind ourselves of just how good God is and the people he put in our, in front of us to show us his goodness. 
So after Moses was with those people, they complained, they mumbled, you should have left us in Egypt. How many of us, when times get hard, we complain, we mumble. Well, if I hadn't married you, I would have been better off. At least I would have had more money. At least I would have had this, that, or the other. Well, if you hadn't have said this, I wouldn't have said that. Complaining and mummering all the time. And then soon as that man give you some money, oh, baby, I love you. Then when the money is gone, you're going right back to the same thing. You should have left me in my daddy house because you sure can't support me. You can't do nothing for me. Everybody taking Gucci. Everybody taking Louis Vuitton. Look what I'm taking. I'm taking a bag from Dollar General. What kind of man are you? So he go get you Louis. He go get you Gucci. Oh, you love him to death. But soon as Louis and Gucci wear off of you, now he's no good again. Oh, I know I'm talking. Long as he's whining you and dining you and giving you roses and, and, and loving on you and kissing on you, you love him for what he can give you. But you still don't know his heart. It's the heart that you look at. It ain't about the flowers. It's about a man that can be there when you down, that can lift you up. It's about a man that can be there when you feel like you can't make it and he's encouraging you in the Lord. It's about a man that can be there, that can tell you that he loves you in your worst days when you look like Aunt Jamama. It's a man that can be there, that can lift you up in spite of your weight. In spite of your depression, he's there to lift you up. He's cooking. He's cleaning. He is there. Men, if you got a selfish wife that's always telling you what you need to do, you need to check that. That's some kind of spirit or a demon, one or the other. You need to cast that thing out. It ain't about the money, y'all. The love of money is the root of all evil. Evil. It's about the heart. Because when someone loves you the right way, you ain't looking for no roses. You ain't looking for what everybody else is getting. You just thanking God for what you got, y'all. I remember my husband, a loving man, loving man, never looked at what he had or what he didn't have. Never asked him for anything. What do you want? Nothing. It shocked him. Because he gave me everything I needed outside of material things. He showed me his love in the things that he did. He was there when nobody else was there. He was beside me when I thought that I was going to be by myself. So you got to know what genuine love is. And I remember he tried to send me some roses, y'all. Sent me a half a dozen of roses at work. I looked at them roses. I called him. I said, hey, I just paid off that bill. Did you charge them roses to that bill? (laughs) I'm trying to give you some. Man, you don't have to give me no roses. I'm good. Thank you very much. That's how we roll. I appreciated what he done. Don't get me wrong. But I'm letting him know it ain't about that material stuff with me. Y'all got to understand. If you depend on that material stuff when that man can't give it to you, he is gone. Man, I'm going to educate you today. If you're buying them roses, if you're buying them pocketbooks, you're buying them clothes, you're buying them cars, it still ain't enough. So that means you ain't enough. That means that they need to be renewed in their mind. 
What you need to get them is the word of God to say, renew yourself. Somebody mad right now. Getting in all this debt and still can't satisfy that woman or that man. Because we got some men that think they're supposed to have everything and and you're supposed to work to get it. That ain't a good man. No, it's not. So when you know God, you ain't looking for all these things. It's good to have them, don't get me wrong. But you ain't looking for them because you in such a place with God that God has given you everything that you need. See, if you start out with God, you won't look for a man to do it for you. If you start out right, you end up right. Some of y'all are still looking for a sugar dad. In church. Looking for a sugar daddy. Oh, he's holy. Could be the devil sitting right beside you in church. Playing you as a fool. Dressing. Nice. Opening the door. Following you. So close up to you, they know what you smell like. And you think that's the one. Dogs do that. Come on, I'm being real. Dogs. And do you know why women accept dogs? Because they reject it. And they feel like that man loved me. I can't go nowhere. He's around me. Don't you know what's going on? No, you don't know because you don't know God. Then when you get them. Ooh. I'm going to get back to this. Moses. He knew God in a way that no matter what happened, if you read on Moses, everything that happened, he went up higher with God. He went to seek God on behalf of those people. He called them stiff-necked people. Those were stubborn people. But he still sought God on the behalf of those people. And God took Moses through everything that he went through. Because he had a connection with God. When you connect with God, no matter what you're going through, nobody can break that connection. Because that's who you're going to go to all the time. Y'all, I learned the hard way. I thought I knew God. But I didn't know him in the way that he need to be known to me. Because when I went through depression and I thought that immediately once I accept him, all of that would leave. Y'all, I accepted him because I thought it would leave. It didn't leave. It got worse. But one thing I didn't do was let go of God. I say, even though I'm feeling this way, God, that's not the way I was brought up. That's not what I saw. When I was brought up, that's not the way that I saw. That's not the way I saw you, God. I saw you as a healer, and I know I don't have to keep this. So, Lord, I need to know you. I need to know your way. God, show me what to do with what's coming upon me. And the closer I got to God, the worse the depression got. But finally, I made up my mind. I said, God, you are who you say you are. 
God, you can do what you say you can do. So I'm going to hold on to you more than I'm holding on to this depression. And I'm telling y'all, when I truly let go of trying to do it myself and resting in God, my mind came back. Because I said, God, I'm going to trust you. Because I remember those days, and I'm talking about resting in God. When I went to the doctor's office and I said, something is not right, I can't sleep, I shake, I can't do my hair, I can't eat, I'm losing weight, what's wrong with me? He said, well, I believe it's the job you took, so I'm going to give you these pills, and you take these pills, and it'll work out for you. Okay. I took them feel-good pills. Y'all know about them feel-goods. And I'm at my desk feeling good like I know I would. Talking to the peoples. Just smiling. Never smiled like that in my life. I was on a high. But it was a 10 milligram high. Them don't last too long. So you need more. So when that didn't last me like I thought it would. I went back to the doctor. and He wouldn't give me no more. And I remember grabbing hold to the doctor's door, shaking it. Because I knew I need some help and you got to help me. That day when they told me they couldn't give me more, I went home. And I said, God, if you don't help me, nobody can. I'm depending on you today, God, because I can't do this. I can't take care of my baby. Jeremy was little and just to hear him cry which make me shake all over. I tell my husband, take him out the room. I can't take it. Take him out the room. But that day, when I made up my mind and saying, God, I'm going to trust you more than I'm trusting anything else. And I heard the Lord say, he said, notice during the day, you okay. But at night, you're not. He says, you're mine. He said, your mind is controlling your body. He said, get rid of the pills. So what I did, I put them in my pocketbook. He said, you ain't, you ain't trusting me. I said, okay. Put them in the medicine cabinet. He said, uh-uh, you ain't trusting me. He said, I want you to get rid of them. So I threw them away. My mind came back just like that. And I started getting into the word of God more. I started resting in what God was saying. Was I still being attacked? Yes, I was. But I would go back through the word and say, God, you told me to fear thou not. Because you are with me. You told me to be not dismayed because you are God. God, you said that you will help me. You will strengthen me. You will uphold me with your righteous right hand. So God, you got to do what you said. So every day I will quote his word. God didn't give me the spirit of fear, but of power and love and of a sound mind. It was days I would get off work and come home and lay on the couch and just cry and call my husband and say, can you come home? I can't make it. But I got past it. How did I get past it? Because I began to seek the Lord. So the time I woke up to the time I went to bed, God was speaking to me. And the more he spoke to me, the more I listened to God. And I'm telling you, my breakthrough came. So what am I telling you? There's a rest in God that no man can give you like God can give you. See, my rest was in the medication. But God said, I want you to trust me more than you trust in those pills. I am not telling nobody in here to get rid of no pills. Because if you're not in the place with God, 
You're going to have to take something until you get to that place. But when I got to that place, I left the trusting man out and I put my whole heart into what God was doing and what God was saying. And I said, God, if you can't do it, nobody can. And God began to manifest himself from that time forward. And let me tell you how he manifests himself. See, that was resting in God, right? My husband, he knew the challenges I had. He knew what I was going through. He knew how I was calling him off work. He knew he couldn't do nothing for me. Found out later this man was going to put me in the oats. The devil is a lie. Told me that later. I'm so glad. He didn't tell me that during my dire time because he might have went back home to his mama. Because I'm telling you right now, y'all, God knew what to do and how to do it. So my husband saw all this going on with me and my husband began to see a change. He began to see me going to church. Even if he didn't want to go, I went. He began to see me in the word of God. He began to see so much change in me that when I got saved, I kept going to him. And I kept saying, don't you want to know Jesus? This is how you know Jesus. And he wouldn't accept Jesus. And God said, leave him alone. He said, what I want you to do, I want you to focus on me. And as you focus on me and what I'm doing in your life, he's going to see the change and he's going to want what you got. I said, okay, God, I put so much focus on God that I love my husband, but he wasn't my idol no more. God was my everything, y'all. I put God before him. I put God before I put my son because God said, you got to know me for yourself. And one day my husband came to me. He said, what must I do to be saved? I looked at that man. I couldn't even minister salvation to him. But God did it. God did it, y'all. Why? Because I took more rest in God than I did my husband. What am I saying to you women around here with husbands, with no gooders? The ones that look like ain't paying you no attention. The ones that you want more attention from than you want attention from God. Loose that man and let him go. And hold on to God more than you holding on to that man. And that man going to want what you got. Because the only thing he's going to see is God's glory. He ain't going to see you no more. He's going to see the glory of God upon you. And he's going to ask you, what must I do to get what you got? It's either going to draw him or it's either going to drive him. Come on, somebody. God has a way of doing things past our figuring out and our working out. So when you know him, Moses was getting to know God in such a way that no matter what came, Moses got through it. Not only for him, but also for the people. So do you know God? Do you know him as Elohim? Do you know him as the creator? Do you know him as El Elyon? The most high God, meaning God, you above all gods. God, I'm putting you first and foremost in my life. Y'all, it got to the point that me and God had such a place that I would follow my husband everywhere he went. When he went to a race, wherever he went, I was right behind him. But when I got to know Abba, gone, gone. I couldn't wait for him to leave. Leave. Just get out. And me and God would just have our time. And we would just, God would just talk to me. My mind was being renewed, renewed, and I felt new life. It wasn't like it was before. It was such a freedom, even in the midst of everything that was going on. So the more you get to know him, 
the better things will be in your life because you're going to turn to him more than you turn into those things. Then God began to show me. He said, Jeremiah. He took me back to the book of Jeremiah, Jeremiah 29. And I know some of us are familiar with that. This is when God allowed them to go into captivity because they were doing things that God told them not to do. How many of us are still doing things that we know not to do born again people, but we keep doing the same thing over and over again. And if you keep doing that, you putting yourself in a place of death instead of in a place of life. So those people were in captivity and this is what God told them why they were in captivity. Y'all listen at what God was saying. Jeremiah 29 verse four. This is what the Lord all powerful almighty said. The God of Israel says to all those people, I sent away from Jerusalem as captivity to Babylon. He said, build houses. Now listen at this in verse five. I'm reading out this expanded build houses and settle in the land. Plant gardens and eat the food that you grow. Get married and have sons and daughters. Find wives for your sons and let your daughters be married so they also may have sons and daughters. Have many children in Babylon. Multiply. Don't become fewer in number. Now, look at what God was doing. He said, now you in captivity. Can y'all imagine being in captivity? And God is telling you to build houses, plant vineyards. Because he said, this is where you're going to be. So God didn't put them there. They put themselves there. Some of us right now have been doing the same thing over and over just a different day. And you put yourself in captivity. But I got news for you. Even in the midst of that captivity, God is in the midst of you. You ain't coming out until you get through it. But you can have some peace even in the midst of it. Because God told them, also do good things for, seek peace, security of the city where I sent you as captives. Pray to the Lord for the city where you are living. Because if good things happen in the city, good things will happen to you. So God said, pray even in the midst of your captivity. He said, because if good things happen to you, it's going to happen in that city. So see, that city is still going to see God even in the midst of their captivity. So I want to ask you, in your situation, whatever you're going through right now, are you praying to God? Are you seeking to God? Are you seeking him where he can be found instead of complaining and murmuring in that situation? Are you giving God glory and letting him know, God, I know you with me. I know you ain't going to leave me. I know you're not going to forsake me. God, where I am, you are in the midst of me. Are you doing that? Are you still complaining because I'm still in this situation? I'm broke. I don't have this and I don't have that. Or are you lifting up the name of Jesus? Are we? So God is saying, rest in me, even in your situation. This is what God is saying. Even if you feel like you're captive, even when you feel like the walls are closing in on you, God said, give me glory. Begin to praise me because I told you, no matter where you are, I'm with you. I'm not going to leave you, nor am I going to forsake you. No matter how bad your marriage is, no matter how bad it looks with your children, with your finances, with your health. Can you still praise me knowing that I am with you and I'm going to be glorified even in the midst? God is with us, y'all. Even in the midst of adversity. 
God is with us. He has not left us. How do I know? Because once you become born again, God makes his home on the inside of you. You're his temple. Everywhere you go, God is with you. You go to Africa. He's with you. God said, let me out in Africa so I can be glorified. Wherever you are, God is there. That's why he said, I will never leave you, nor shall I forsake you. So God, this is why in Jeremiah 29, God said, I know the plans that I have for you. Plans for good and not evil. Plans for a hope and a future. Why did God say that to them? Because it was some lying prophets over there. They were telling them, oh, you're going to come out of captivity. God said, you ain't coming out until the time is up. For you to come out. Because I know the plans. So God is saying to you today. No matter what you're going through. God said I know the plans that I have for you. And the only thing you got to do. Is delight yourself in me. And I'll give you the desires of your heart. What does it mean by delighting yourself in God? It means wanting what God wants. And the only way you can delight yourself in him. Is to get to know what God wants. And what God is doing. Because God put those desires in your heart. They come from him. We have to seek God while he can be found. Ask your neighbor, say, are you seeking him for real? Say, who or what are you seeking outside of God? Say, no, for real. Who or what are you seeking outside of God? Says it a man? Is it a woman? Is it a job? Is it money? Is it a cat? Is it a dog? What is it? What are we seeking? Because if we're seeking God for real, none of those things matter. When I began to seek God for real, I did not worry about what I had or what I didn't have. I just sought him. And the more I sought him and kept him on my mind, because he was in my heart. He was the first thing when I rose up in the morning. He was the first thing during the day and when I lay down at night. And when I began to seek God and when I thought about, okay, Lord, I would love to have me some capris, but I ain't got time to go get no capris because I want to stay in this word. My husband and my children knew me. They knew where to find me in the word. So that day when I said that to the Lord, I went back to the word and I was just in the word talking to God. He talking to me, knock at my door, open the door. This lady standing out there. She said, I'm not going to disturb you. I just bought you something. I said, okay, thank you. Went in there, opened the bag. It was five pair of capris, five shirts, and even gave me the... Ooh. My daddy loves me. He loves me, y'all. He truly loves... I don't know about you. But my father loves me. Because he knew my heart. He knew I didn't want to give up the word just to go find something for me. He knew where my heart was in the word of God. Many times I'm sitting there saying, God, you know, it would be good to have this or that. But you know what, God, I thank you for what I have. Then the door ring again, five or six suits at one time. 
I didn't ask for them. Never ask for them. Don't have to. Because God knows my heart and God turns people's heart towards me. Towards my family. If anybody in this church will ever say that apostle got up and say, now you're going to buy me this and you're going to buy me that and I need this and I need that, you'll be lying. Because we never ask anybody for anything. We just do what we have to do. But when God lays it on somebody's heart to ask on our behalf, I can't stop it. Because that's what God is doing and I'm not getting in the midst of that. So I'm telling you, when you seek him with your whole heart, God will supply everything that you need. Because we gave up jobs. We gave up benefits. By trusting God, by resting in God. Y'all, I'm telling you, I got more coming off the job than I got being on the job. God was our keeper. Why? Because we was resting in him. No matter what popped up, God always supplied the need. He did what was needed. Why? Because we was resting in him. We trusted him. Then God began to show me Ruth. He took me back to Ruth and y'all know Naomi, her husband died, her sons died. She was left with her two daughter-in-laws and the two daughter-in-laws said they were going to come with Naomi. She was going back to her hometown and we know Oprah, she turned around and she left. But Ruth, y'all, God always put somebody with you. When I read this in Ruth 1, 15 through 17, Naomi said this. Look, Naomi said to her, your sister-in-law has gone back to her people and to her gods. So Oprah was serving other gods. The Moabites had other gods. Naomi and her family was in the midst of a place that was serving other gods. So that tells me, now look at this, you should do the same. Listen at what Ruth told her. Don't ask me to leave you and turn back. Wherever you go. I will go wherever you live. I will live. Your people will be my people. Your God will be my God. Wherever you die, I will die. And there I will be buried. May the Lord punish me severely. If I allow anything but death to separate us. When God showed me that roof heart was so much connected to Naomi. I said, God, why was she so connected to this woman? It was because Naomi was revealing her God unto her when she was living in a town that was corrupt. So she watched her life. Let me tell you y'all something. When you're hanging with somebody that loved God so much, it will change even you where you can have rest because of that person. Because you see them living the life That God would have them to live. She made a covenant. It seems like. With Naomi. And it reminds me how when we get born again. When we accept Jesus as our Lord. And as our Savior. That means that we're connected to him. And everything he wants. That's what we want. It's all about him. Ruth made it all about Naomi. She didn't even look at herself. She began to serve Naomi's God. That ain't the end of it, y'all. This girl went out there behind the reapers. 
she began to reap the little grain that was on the ground that they left behind. She began to pick it up and not complain. Where am I going with this? I'm talking about money. Some of us want more money and don't praise God for the little we have. You want more, but you don't even do right with the little you have. So why are you asking God for more? That's selfishness. Well, Lord, if you give me more of this, I can do more of that. No, you ain't. You're lying. Because the little that he give you, you don't give that to nobody. So if he give you more, you ain't going to get that either. You're going to become more selfish. But Ruth took the little and she began to pick up behind them. Now, old Boaz, come on the scene. Y'all, oh, this, is so, this book was so good. I said, oh, Jesus. If y'all don't want to hear it, they go to the door. If you don't want to hear it and you feel like you're going to sleep, they go to the door. Because I'm going to tell it. I sure am. Say it again, Brother Terry. I am going to tell it. So she went behind them and she gathered the little. And when she gathered the little, this is what Ruth did when she was meeting Boaz. Now, Boaz noticed her. Let me tell you something. God will put people on people's heart to fulfill his plan and his purpose. So don't look at it because you don't have what this one have. Actually, you have more because the one that have more don't know what to do with what they have. So you end up having more than them and you're making less money. Let me say it again. You end up having more than them making less money because you know what to do with the little that you got. I'm going to say it again. Who want more? Raise your hand if you want more. Let's just be honest. Who want more? Who want more? Who want more money? Old churches, raise your hand. Don't be lying up in here. You want more money, right? Come on, right? Can I ask you a question? What you going to do with it? What you going to do with it? Somebody answer me. She said, be a good steward. Come on, let's talk from the heart. You've been asking for more money. What do you want it for? That's what it's supposed to be. It don't supposed to be for you to get no new car, no new weave, no new toenails or fingernails, eyelashes, furniture. The first priority is giving to somebody else. All of us need to lay flat because when it comes to more money, we thinking about us more than we thinking about somebody else. That ain't God. That's not God's way. You know how I know it's not God's way? Because he laid down his life for everybody. Even when they were yet in sin, he thought about us. And that's how we should think. So Ruth did that. And when she did that in Ruth chapter 2, now listen at what he did. Verse 4. Now behold, Boaz came from Bethlehem and said to the reapers, the Lord be with you. And they answered him, the Lord bless you. 
Then Boaz said to his servants, who was in charge of the reapers? Whose young woman is this? So the servants began to tell him. And then Boaz said in eight, then Boaz said to Ruth, you will listen, my daughter, will you not? Do not go to gleam in another field, nor go from here, but stay close by my young women. Let your eyes be on the field which they reap and go after them. Have I not commanded the young men not to touch you? And when you are thirsty, go to the vessels and drink from what the young men have drawn. Look at the blessings that this woman is getting because she humbled herself. She was willing to take what was left behind. Some of us are so selfish, we don't want leftovers. Come on, I've been selfish. I ain't going to eat that. But let me tell you about my little Ariel. Mm. College changed my daughter. My daughter knew how to preserve what she had. So when she would come home and I would say, girl, I ain't eating that no more. Mama, don't be wasting no food. I'm like, girl, I'm tired of that. I need something else. That's really being selfish. My girl would take her meal and scratch it out three, four days and enjoy it. I said, you still eating that, girl? Yeah. <laughs> then when we go out to eat and I wouldn't finish my fries, you going to finish them fries? No, give them here. God taught us something in college. You never know what you had until you don't have it. Then when you don't have it, you're willing to take leftovers. So Ruth, Boaz noticed Ruth, and listen to what Ruth says. So she fell on her face, bowed down to the ground, and said to him, Why have I found favor in your eyes that you should take no notice of me since I'm a foreigner? And Boaz answered and said to her, It has been fully reported to me all that you have done for your mother-in-law. Y'all, look at this. The death of your husband and how you left your father and your mother and the land of your birth and have come to a people whom you did not know before. The Lord repay your work and a full reward be given to you by the Lord God of Israel under whose wing you have come for refuge. Y'all, this is the same God we serve. Same. Let me tell you, when we gave up, me and my husband. Everything for the ministry. I had peace. I had rest. When God told me to come off the job and preach full time, I left everything. And I had so much peace in doing it. I wasn't worried about how this was coming or how that was coming. Because I knew that I stepped out on his word. I stepped out on his promise. And y'all, the more I stepped out on him, the more he provided. I wasn't counting heads in church, saying, let me see what Miss Deborah made. Now, if she made one, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, that's a hundred. Brother Terry, that's about two, three hundred. Barbara, she can give, mm-hmm, about six. Mm, child, I'd be rich as these people pay their tithe. We don't ask for pay stubs. I don't even really look at tithes, not unless God tell me to. And I do that with leaders and co-leaders, because if you're going to be a leader, or a co-leader, you're going to be on it. You're going to line up with what the word says. So, yeah, I'll check that every now and then to see if you're going to lead somebody. You better be following what the word of God says or you ain't leading nobody. Because if I'm doing it, you're going to do it. Because as I follow Christ, you need to be following me. 
So if I'm giving, you need to be giving. And if you can't give as a leader, you don't need to lead. Sit down. No hard feelings. Sit it down. Because we go on what the word says. We do what the word says do. So many people want to lead, but they don't want to follow what the word of God is saying. That's out of line. So many people want a title just to say, I got a title, but you're not living the way you need to live according to the title. Hello, somebody. We do it according to the word, not according to tradition. We don't go get people off the street because they got a big bank account and make them deacons and they're drunks. We don't do that. We don't let people vote somebody in and vote them out and they high. We don't do that. When you don't know what the word of God is saying, you ain't voting nothing on nothing, nothing, nothing. When you don't come to church, when you don't pay your tithes, when you're a busybody, no, you vote nothing, nothing, nothing. Tradition of men make the word of God of none effect. And we're going to go on what the word is saying, not what man is saying. If God didn't say it, we're not doing it. I don't care how they blow. No, ain't happening. So Boaz noticed Ruth. And Ruth didn't do what she done to get noticed. Y'all, that's the key. You don't come serving the church and pick up paper and be in everybody's face just to make you look good. It's a heart thing. You don't give me dinners just to think I'm going to like you more than anybody else. Sit it down. I don't play like that. No. Can I clean your house? No, I can walk. Can I cut your yard? No, my husband's doing quite well and I can help him if he let me. That's just how we operate. Nobody called to do that anyway. Okay. Hello, somebody. Yes, a few people do call and ask. Thank you, Jesus. So we look at what God is doing, not what man is doing. So if we, if our dependency is on God, guess what he's going to do, y'all? He's going to turn somebody's heart towards you. And they're going to help you to get done what need to get done. You don't have to try to persuade somebody or make nobody do nothing. God always have people where they need to be to get done what need to get done. And y'all know what happened with Ruth and Boaz? They got married, y'all. And then that David came through him and Jesus came through David. Look at this. Look how God sets up things. What am I talking about? Ruth took rest. She left all that she had to serve Naomi. She did it from the heart. That's resting. When you do something from the heart, you can rest in God because you know you've done it from the heart. Then God began to show me Jeremiah again. Jeremiah 32 is when Jeremiah was in prison. He got locked up in prison because Jeremiah just couldn't keep his mouth shut. Jeremiah was always on it. And then when he wanted to keep his mouth shut, he said it was like fire shut up in his bones and he couldn't hold it. So he had to talk again. Everything that God told him, Jeremiah bought it out and it put him in prison. But while Jeremiah was in prison, God said, I want you to buy some land, Jeremiah. Come on, y'all. The man is in prison, Diane. Why buy some land and you in prison? What you going to do with some land and you in prison and you in lockdown? You in a dungeon. Come on. 
So Jeremiah did what God told him to do. Y'all come on. Can we do that? When we know we're in a situation and God is telling us to do something that we don't understand, can we do it? Say, yes, Lord. When you know him, you can do something like that where it don't look like it's possible. So, so Jeremiah did it. And after he did it, he said, I'm doing it because there is going to be land. There's going to be land that's going to be bought. The people are going to come back. This is what he was saying. So when he began to talk to God about this, because he wanted some understanding, he recognized there's nothing too hard for God. So God began to talk to Jeremiah and tell him how the people served other gods and what they were doing. And so God said, I had to bring in Babylon to burn down these places that they were worshiping. He said, I had to take them in captivity. He said, but they will come back into this land again. But God had Jeremiah to buy the land to let him know this is what's going to occur, Jeremiah. So I want to ask you a question. The situation you're in now, you may not understand it. But if God is with you, who can be against you? If God is for you, who can be against you? So whatever situation you're in, rest in it. Because God is right there with you in that situation when it seemed like it's not possible. God will take the impossible, y'all. And he'll make it possible if only you will believe. And getting back to making provision, y'all look what God said. He said, I know what you're in the need of even before you ask. But you know what I have learned? Sometimes you got to fall in order to get up. Some of us have failed so many times. And that's why you're staying in a situation longer than it need to be. Because God is teaching you through that situation. I didn't get where I am today by just, how can I put it? I did some dumb stuff in my life. Getting all this credit, buying all these things. Didn't think about they got to be paid for. I just wanted them. Then when the money was funny, now I'm really crying out to God. God, what you going to do? God, help me with this. God, help me with that. Seemed like I still couldn't come out that situation. But the more I sought God and left the situation alone, God showed me how to use what we had. God, I said, God, if I can't be faithful over five, don't give me 50. And I meant that from the heart. And y'all, it was a long time before I got a $50 bill that I could just spend without wondering who I owe. That's what I'm talking about. Have y'all ever been in a situation where I can't spend that because I got to pay this? I can't spend this because I got to pay this. Come on, God wants you free in what you have. He wants you to go into a place, pick it up, pay for it, and don't worry about, is my light bill paid? That's just how good God is. He don't want you to worry about how much it costs. He just wants you to trust him with what you got. So when you put him first, let's talk about putting God first. When you give to God first before you give to anybody else, you got an assurity. Y'all hear what I'm saying? You got an insurity because you obeying what his word says. He said, give, and then it'll be given. That's part of his laws. Give, and then it will be given. God is not looking at all of these big amounts. He's looking at the heart that's given these amounts. 
See, when you give from your heart, the more you get to know God, it's going to go from 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, 30. It's going to keep going up. It ain't going to come down. I told Sister Denise a long time ago, and I have to bring this up because I believe the Holy Spirit is showing something. And we're talking about resting in God. Long time ago, I remember doing the anniversaries. Everybody would say this is a certain amount that we want everybody to give. People were given that amount. They were given it. Because when somebody's asking you to give something, even if you don't have it out of your pride of people not knowing, you give it, even though it's a struggle. You want people to know I gave my 25 or I gave my 10 because you're placing it in somebody's hand and they're writing it down and then they know what you're giving. Amen? Uh Amen. That's true. Okay. So I told Sister Niece, I said, Sister Niece, God has told me we're giving from the heart from now on. I said, we're going to give from the heart. So I said, but I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. You're my witness, right? I said, when God say give from the heart, you ain't going to see them amounts no more. So he said, what? I said, mm You ain't going to see them amounts no more when God say give from the heart because their heart wasn't in those amounts that was asked. Sure enough, you didn't see those amounts no more. Was I upset and mad? No. Because God know the heart. And that's what he's after. That's why we always say, give. From your heart. Because that's the only thing that God accepts. It don't matter if you gave 500. If the 500 is not from your heart. It's not acceptable by God. This is a heart thing. Not a pride thing. I have learned. The more I seek God with all my heart. Whatever God tell me to do. I'm not doing it selfishly. I'm doing it from my heart. No matter who it is. No matter where it is. That's how you rest in God. It's a heart thing. Resting is a heart thing. It's a heart thing because you trust in God so much and you know the love of God so much that whatever he asks you, it is not a big thing. You want to do more. A person's heart that's right before God, you want to keep doing more and more and more. And that's how me and my husband do. We want to keep doing more and more and more. Why? Because I love the Lord and I know God loves his people. So I can't look at how well somebody dressed or what car they're driving. If God said, give them a million dollars, I'm going to do what God tell me to do. Because you don't know how they got the car. You don't know how they got the clothes. You don't know where their substance come from. You only see it naturally, but you don't see spirit. And God wants you to see in the spirit. He don't want you to see by the flesh. So you don't go on how somebody look. You go on the heart. And the only way you know the heart is by knowing God's heart. That's what was going on with Ruth. This is why she got so blessed with Boaz. It's because God looked at the heart. Y'all, our hearts have to be right before God. You don't do it because somebody else is doing it. You do it from the heart. That's resting in God. God want a rest for his people. God want his people to know everything that he's done for them. And if he's done it, we don't have to try to do it. We just rest in what he has done. By grace are you saved through faith. And it's not 
of yourselves. It is the gift of God. It's not a works that anybody should boast. That means that grace gave us everything that we need. And when we know what grace have done, we receive it by faith. We appropriate it by faith. Faith means that I'm not looking at what I see. I'm looking at what God has done by grace. And that's how I receive what grace has done. I don't have to do nothing to get it. Only thing I have to know is what grace done and just receive it. That's faith. So are you receiving what God has done? Or are you still trying to do it yourself? If you're trying to do it yourself, you're not at rest with God. God is saying today, whatever I have done, rest in it. And we're going to go through this again. Because God said, I want my people at rest, even when it don't look good. I want you to rest in me. Even though your finances are not where they need to be. God said, I want you to rest in me. Because if you are abiding in me and my word is abiding in you, you can ask whatever you will. And it shall be done. It shall be given unto you. So if you doing things according to his word, give God glory and take rest in him, knowing that everything that need to be paid is paid. But if you're scheming, if you're deceiving, and if you're manipulating, and if you're out there trying to make money by scheming somebody and manipulating and lying, forget it. God ain't in it. Cut your prayer off. That's not God. That's the devil. And God don't operate like that. If you're going to trust him, trust him for real and start off doing what his words say. And thank God for what he has already done. Are you resting? Ask your neighbor, say, are you resting? Say, are you really resting? Come on and give God praise. Hallelujah. To God be the glory. I like to say, everybody know just how good our God is. Thanks for watching Miracle Temple Deliverance Ministries, where miracles happen. You can join us each week on Sunday at 11 a.m. Eastern for church service and on Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern for Bible study. For upcoming events, teachings, and ways to contact us and more, you can visit us on the web at www.mtdm.org. You can also give a donation by clicking the donation tab. God bless you, and we will see you next week.